You're listening to the Attempt Adventure Podcast, a podcast about finding adventure every day and making life a little more interesting. From Bangkok, Thailand, quarantined at a hotel for the next ooh, nine days, I'm Michael DeRosiers, joined as always by my co-host, James Barrett from Boulder, Colorado. Well, James, yeah, how you doing today? I'm good. I grilled some burgers. Those were good. Other than that, just hanging out. It's been good. It was really hot this week. Today was a lot cooler, so that was awesome. Seems like fall might actually be on the way now. James, today we're going to be talking about my summer of adventure. Last week we talked about your big move to Colorado and and all of the things that that entails. Today we're going to talk about my visit home to the U.S. But before we get into all of that, have you done anything new or interesting or adventurous in the past week or since we haven't really recorded much over the last month in the past month? Went and checked out a couple parks that are in Boulder. Beautiful. One has a year-round swimming hole. I mean, oh, it's nice. year-round if you are brave. I'm sure there's some people in Colorado that go, like, do a polar bear run oh, in yeah. February or something, you know. There's, <laughs> there's, there's people that have, like, some of the people that have their houses along the river uh-huh. right there. They, You can see they have, like, those, like finished saunas built in their backyards. Oh, that must be so nice. I love a sauna. I know. I do too. I'm a quarter finish. That's something I inherited. It's super hot. And then you jump in the cold water. Mm. Sounds great. I love a sauna. I love a hot tub. I don't even up. care. You feel really good. I was out in uh, Glen Rose with my family like uh, like a week ago and it was really, really hot, but they had a hot tub and I'm like, I'm doing it. And I loved every second of it. <laughs> yeah. Hot tubs are great. But yeah, so... Checked out some parks. Um, it's been hot and smoky, so I haven't been outside too much just to not yeah. breathe it. <laughs> but yeah, explored it a little bit, tried some new coffee places. Very good. Tried some new food. Also good. Just sort of starting to get to know the area, getting to know where to go, what to do, what not to do. Are you feeling like it's home yet? Does it feel like you're settled in? Like it's actually like you know your way around now enough that it feels like your hometown or, or not yet? I wouldn't say... It feels like my hometown. I would say I'm comfortable here. You know, I I know my way around for the most part. Um, Boulder's very small, a lot smaller than what I'm used to. And like you can get from one end of town to the other in like 10 minutes. It does not take long. There's only like 100,000 permanent residents in Boulder. The rest are students and tourists and things like that. Anyway, yeah. What about you? Have you done anything new this week other than sit in a hotel? So uh, the quarantine is new and I guess I can touch on that. I'm, it, it was a weird experience. You know, the flight was maybe 20% full. They, they only had one section of the plane even open coming in. Um, everyone had a road to themselves. It was really nice. Here's a fun tip. Qatar Airlines, actually the liquor is free. Usually it's just the beer and the wine, but in Qatar Airlines, that liquor is free. All these, uh, nice. Yeah. All these, uh, rich like sheiks and stuff, they get on the flight and they're like, yeah, give us the playas with the booze. Can't drink it at home until they get on their planes. <laughs> That's the thing. I was about to say that. I was like, I don't, most of those countries are dry. I was flying out of Qatar, which is, yeah, it's a dry country. Yeah. I enjoyed some of that. I had some whiskey, uh, whiskey and Dramamine slept like a baby. <laughs> oh man, you are out. It's like taking a couple of melatonin and drinking a beer and you're just like, oh, going to sleep. <laughs> it is. So yes, the quarantine is new. I mean, I, I landed the entire process because there's no one coming in right now from touching down to being in the 
hotel took about an hour. I had to you know, report to the Thai CDC. They stamped all my documents. And then uh, immigration took about 20 seconds because there was literally no one there. I just walked right up. I was the only person going through, so I didn't have to wait for anyone. Uh, they picked us up in the airport in full PPE, drove us in like a big like quarantine van, you know, with like a wall of plexiglass between you and the driver <laughs> right to the hotel, checked us in. And I've been here since, you know, three times a day, there's a knock, knock and, and foods delivered. I did choose the food when I was checking in, they gave me a, a big thing, but that's like 50 something meals to, to choose. I don't know what I, re- I don't remember what I ordered. So every day it's a yeah, surprise, it's a surprise you know, every you day, have like three options for every meal. You just put a little check next to which one you wanted. I don't know what I asked for. So it's been fun. It's like, Hmm. So that's that's new, but that's not what I'm going to talk about today. This is actually going to I'm going to back up a little bit to right before I came back here. I discovered in Kennedale, Texas, the only traditional Vietnamese moonshine distillery in all of the United States. Really? It's called Suti Distillery. They make Vietnamese rice liquor. Actually, I have a bottle here. Let me show you. Yeah, this stuff. This is the stuff. Very nice. I see you have enjoyed it. Yes, yes, we have been. It's been fun for quarantine. <laughs> so here's the fun part. At the end of this video that I sent you, and you can look at this later, and, and ladies and gentlemen, go to our website, attemptadventure.com, and we're going to post this video for you. At the end, last bit of the video, they talk about what they do with the rice after they've used it to make the rice wine. It's, you have the spent mash, and they send it off to a farm. And so before I went, I was watching this video. I discovered these guys just through the news, wanted to go check them out. So I was watching this video before I went there, and watching through it. I'm like, oh my gosh, that farmer at the end. I know him. That's my mother's cousin's husband. My my first cousin once removed in law or something <laughs> like that. Whatever you'd call him. Uh, his name is David. Super nice guy. And so we're like, we want to visit and, and find out what happens with the, the rice mash. So we called up David. Uh, got to go visit his farm over in Waxahachie. He was telling us all about how they use the, the leftover mash. So he not only gets his rice, like spent rice mash from Suti Distillery. He also gets spent grain from Division Street Brewing and Legal Draft, uh, local guys nice. in, in Arlington. It's really nutritious for the cows. It's almost like it's partially digested already. Um, so it's full of great enzymes and stuff. And the cows love it too. So he supplements their their feed with this. Mm. So it's it's a, it's mutually beneficial because they have no use for it at the distilleries and the breweries anymore. And it's good for the cows. So we visited David and got to check out his farm and see his cows and stuff. But then also got to go and visit the distillery and took a little tour. So next time, James, next time you're in town, I would love it if you go over to Kennedale and visit the Suti Distillery. These guys, uh, Mr. Sui and Mr. Tien, they're super, super nice guys. They'll do a little tasting for you. They have two products right now, but they're working on some amazing stuff. They're working on like a barrel-aged, almost whiskey-type rice liquor. Um, but they'll, they'll give you a little distillery tour. They'll do a tasting, and they'll just chat with you about about their lives. They were boat people. They were refugees after the Vietnam War. They came here when they were kids. And this is their way of staying connected to their culture. And they're the only legal Vietnamese moonshiners in the entire country. And they're here in Kennedale, Texas. It's amazing. It's so much fun. Yeah. And so I have a bottle of this. They have two products. I actually have a bottle of both. This is Lion 45. I also have a bottle of their other product, Old Man. They call it Old Man because, well, they both came over when they were young. They had never tried this stuff before right? They were kids. They didn't know what rice liquor was supposed to taste like. So when they were trying to make the product, they had to get in touch with all the old Vietnamese men who live in the area and be like, does this taste right? And like try to adjust the flavor to what the old men like. So they call it old man because it's supposed to be similar to what the old men enjoy drinking back home. 
but it's really cool. So I would love it if you check them out next time you're in town. And ladies and gentlemen, go onto their website, check them out. You know, if you're in North Texas, go support them. It's a small operation, but they are like the nicest guys ever. The uh, process is super interesting. You can learn all about the chemistry and the science and the culture behind behind making it. So uh, I actually uh, did some videos there. I'm getting them edited. Uh, my wife and I are editing a little video we shot with them. And I'll post that. I'll, I'll let you know in a couple of weeks when that's ready. But it's been fun. So this is grossly irresponsible because it's like 8 o'clock in the that's morning. Awesome. But I'm going to have half a shot just to, ch- to toast for them. I can't hide my problematic day drinking because my wife is quarantined with me. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke. My mom listens to this show. That's a joke. Yeah, do you want me to go grab a beer so you're not alone? Okay, yeah, we'll do that. Go go get something. Yeah, I'll go grab one. Beer back. All right. That is just a joke. I, I don't have problematic day drinking issues. I'm just jet lagged. I've been up for hours. It's 8 a.m., but my body thinks it's 5 o'clock somewhere. All right. So cheers. What, what have you got today before we do this? I have uh, Upslope Brewing Company Craft Lager. Easy drinking local brewery, Boulder, Colorado. Hold it for the camera. Let's do a, a screenshot of this. Yeah. So anyway, it's, it's very, very good. Um, it's very different from the stuff you've tasted before. It's real smooth for rice liquor. It's not like a rice wine, like a sato or a or a sake or anything like that, because it is actually mm-hmm. distilled. But it's Vietnamese moonshine. That's what they call it. So it's it's quite cool. So <laughs> do check them out. I, I want to shout them out. That's my new and interesting thing from the last month. But I also visited it is really them cool. like last week before I came back here. So there you go. Suti Distillery, Kennedale, Texas. Big, big shout out to those guys. That's awesome. That's really cool. Well, well, James, this week we're talking about my summer adventures. I was back home in Texas. You were going somewhere new. I was going somewhere familiar, but seeing new things. And so going to, you know, Kennedale and going to this distillery, that was one new thing that I did that I hadn't ever done before. But I did a lot of other new stuff. And I kind of got an appreciation for putting into practice something that we talked about in an earlier episode of the show, which is viewing your hometown or your home area as a tourist. You know, the first thing we did, I found this map on the city of Arlington's website for the historic Arlington Pioneer Trail. It's a driving tour, a self-guided driving tour of some really interesting places I didn't even know existed. Ruins of an old fort, Bone Marrow Springs Park, the Village Creek Historical Park, uh, which is an archaeological dig site in Arlington where they found remains of like a 9,000-year-old mm-hmm. village. I mean, just starting out from the very beginning, I saw some parts of town I had never been to before and never even kind of knew existed before in our very own hometown of Arlington. The big thing that we did was take a big driving trip for about a week, a road trip for about a week. Uh, actually, the day after I saw you, or the day I saw you, if you remember, I was heading down to go to Enchanted mm-hmm. Rock. And I had never been there before. Now, had you been to Enchanted Rock before? I have not been to Enchanted Rock. I've always wanted to. I just never have made it there. It's super cool. I will say that the campsites are kind of rough. The campsites are not nearly as good as they are at like Dinosaur Valley or some of the other state parks. And part of that is because it's a state natural area, which is kind of like the state version of a natu- of a national monument rather than a national mm-hmm. park. It just doesn't have the funding. But the rock itself was incredible. You know, we, we hiked up it kind of at dusk, got to see the sunset from the top, which is a lot of fun. We went there, we went to Fredericksburg and saw the German Pioneer Museum, had some Fredericksburg peaches, which were awesome, had some great German food. Then we went on to Longhorn Caverns at your recommendation. And you know what? I had had been untruthful before. I had not been to Longhorn Caverns. 
uh, I guess what I had been to was either inner space or natural bridge or both because Longhorn Caverns was unfamiliar to me. Mm -hmm. So I thought I had been, I had not been, it was new and it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. I love it. I love Longhorn Caverns. It's so cool. Did you, you guys get to take the tour? We did. Shout out to Ranger Jim. A lot of fun. If you're going there, uh, see if you can get a, a tour with Jim. He was hilarious. But what I really want to talk about today are two places in specific. First of all, uh, San Marcos, mm -hmm. and second of all, Oklahoma City. So that's that's kind of what I want to talk about today. You've spent a lot more time in San Marcos than I have. I think you've been there a lot more mm -hmm. often. Actually, my, my first time to go to San Marcos was the other year when you and I went tubing together. That was the only time I'd been before. When I was doing archaeology field schools, uh, three weeks, I've spent three weeks mm -hmm. in San Marcos and then another week the next year. So a month total in San Marcos. Right. Been there several other times for tubing and hanging out. Right. In my opinion, best tubing you can find. Oh, yeah. Can't be. I, I could not agree more. I could not agree more. The San Marcos River is uh, apparently like one of the cleanest, if not the cleanest rivers in the United States. It is like four times cleaner it's than beautiful. the standard of than the national standard of drinking water, which is awesome. You know, Seriously? you don't feel creeped out. You by just the drink things. it. That's what they say. <laughs> That's what they say. Uh, yeah, I did a tour over at their at the university's uh, aquatic conservation center. Mm. That's what they said. They said you can drink it. They're like, I wouldn't recommend it, but it's you know, it's it's spring fed. It's it's coming right out of there. It's four times the national standard of drinking water. Mm. I suppose you can. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And it's like, you'll, you can be, you're floating on there and it's crystal clear and you can see all the way to the bottom. Some points of that river are like deep, mm. but you can't tell because it's so clear. You yeah. see all the fish and everything else. It's great. Love that place. It has two endangered species, Texas wild rice and the blind Texas salamander, which kind of looks like, <laughs> it looks like a Pokemon. It's like the cutest thing ever. I'll put a link on the website. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it's a rare quake cave dwelling troglobite, troglobite amphibian native to San Marcos, Texas, specifically the San Marcos pool of the Edwards aquifer. So it's only there. Yeah. What I think what impresses me more about it is that the people of San Marcos take such good care of it, like such good care. They take a lot of pride in it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we went tubing, got some, uh, some beers. Now I have a, a really important question, James. What is the best tubing beer? The one we had when we went was really good. The a nice Mexican beer. That was the Shiner Mexican is beer. Is good. The Shiner Cerveza. The Shiner, I forget. <laughs> yeah. Super good. A nice Mexican beer. Something cold and crisp because it's hot. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of, if you can, get like a Tecante or something and put a lime in it. That's really good when you're on the river. Honestly, you can make do with like Bud Light Lime because it's got the lime flavor in it. Something light. You don't want something craft that's heavy. <laughs> A milk stout. <laughs> you're like, oh, look, my my double chocolate milk stout. Ugh. <laughs> but you want something light and crisp and refreshing. I floated this time with a six pack of Rar and Sons Blood and Honey. Delicious. Good choice. Uh, floating was fun. In the evening, I did something I had never done before because I've never stayed overnight there. I did glow kayaking with Paddle San Marcos. What? Yeah. It's awesome. Oh, it is so, so cool. much fun. They have these like clear plastic kayaks. 
right? So they're clear and you can see to the bottom, but they have lights built into them and you can change the color. So at night we went back out on the river and we did a tour. And because the, the kayaks are clear and because they have lights, you can look all the way down into the river. You can see the fish, you can see the grass and all the cool stuff below you. You know, you can change the, the color of the lights. And we went on a, a guided tour that was all about sort of the ecology and the, the natural features of the San Marcos River, as well as just about some of the, the culture. Like apparently the students, when they graduate, they all run down to the river, jump in at mm-hmm. graduation. It's a lot of fun. Man, I cannot say enough good things about the glow kayaking. It was so much fun. So if you're ever down there for a night, check them out. That is Paddle San Marcos or PaddleSMTX.com, I think. Uh, again, I'm going to put a link to all of this in the show notes over at attemptadventure.com. But it was like the coolest thing ever. You could see all sorts of fish. You could see bats coming out of the bridge at night. If I ever move back to Texas, it will be to Hill Country. Honestly, my, my wife and I were talking about it. We were saying if we move back, I would not mind living in San Marcos. Live in San Marcos. That'd be, it's amazing. We both fell in love with that town. It's like it's got all the good parts of like a college town, and but it doesn't feel like a college town. Yeah. Not necessarily. Like the university is really pretty too. Like the campus of the university is beautiful. I didn't get the chance to to visit the campus, but the the rest of the town was really nice. Um, spend, we did field school up there up on, not the San Marcos River, but the field school that, that we did was on the Blanco River, which is also super clean and beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's addicting. Like you, mm-hmm. you get in the river and you're like, I would do this every day. <laughs> I know it. Every I, single I, day. I, I loved it. I, I also really have to shout out the North Street Curry Shop for some, uh, it's amazing, Indian Mexican fusion. They have a curry queso. And they Sounds make delicious. Like, like Indian tacos. It was so good, man. You know, it makes sense if you think about it. It does. You wouldn't think about it. It doesn't seem like an obvious choice, but it goes together so well. Like one of the big things around in Louisiana and Texas is the Vietnamese Cajun fusion. Right. I love fusion food. And that works. It's, I do too. It's so good. But yeah, you know, definitely shout out to San Marcos, Texas. I saw you guys use the Lions Club again. We did, yeah. There's a few different, that's the best one in my opinion. You you get to park, you get right on the river. Did you guys go during the week? We did. We were there on a weekday. Um, I mean, and we were right on the river right at like 10 Not o'clock when it opened. There was no one else there at that time. Like in a in weekday in the middle of the week. That's awesome. Yeah, there was us and like one other retired couple doing it we kind of befriended them <laughs> as we were floating down nice. the river. we would like shout out to each other when we saw a bird or something you know <laughs> it's like oh it's a heron <laughs> <laughs> uh the last thing i do want to shout out for them was the mermaid march san marcus has these statues of mermaids like 10 of them or something like that and they've all been painted by local artists to represent different aspects of the town and they're throughout the city and so we picked up a map at the the tourist information center also link in the show notes and drove around to find all of the mermaids in town, these mermaid statues. And that was just a lot of fun. That was a very fun way to see different neighborhoods, see different parts of the city. Mm-hmm. So uh, we actually also took a video of all of that as well. These videos will come out, I don't know, a month or two from now. We're still working on editing them, but I definitely want to show all of that. But I'm going to put all of these pictures in our show notes too. San Marcos was was incredible. So uh, I was sad that we didn't get to go tubing together. I know that originally that was our plan. But man, life got so busy that month. Surprisingly busy for both of us. It did. It got crazy. But I'm glad you still went. I'm very happy you guys still went. Had Pinky been tubing before? No, never. Never before. How, did she like it? She loved it. Yeah, we definitely want to go back. 
I think if I ever move back, it would be probably that area. Yeah. So if you ever move it's back, such a cool area. we'll just, I don't know, buy a, buy a duplex. <laughs> just knock on your door every day. I'll be like the, I'll be like a sitcom neighbor that just opens your door and, and marches into your living room. Yeah, why not? It's fine. <laughs> if we have a fence, you, we can be like um, home improvement. Yeah. We can be like, like grilling yeah, neighbors, just, uh, or like beer neighbors. <laughs> yeah. You just hand a beer over the top. You're just like, here you go. Mm. Are you going tubing? You know, I got to say, this is a little off topic. That's something I miss about living in Texas or living in the U.S. that we don't have here is the the neighbor culture. I never mm. knew anyone that lived in my building. I knew them by sight, like Hodor, my neighbor Hodor. Oh, yeah, um, Hodor. Never talked to him, though. I mean, like you don't talk to your neighbors here. I, I live in a house now and, yeah, don't talk to my neighbors. I, I don't even know them. It's just not part of the culture here. Everyone has big walls around their houses. and so That is different. In the U.S., if you have a house, you're like expected to know your neighbors. Yeah. You have like a key to their house for some reason. <laughs> I know. You have like a key to everybody's house in your whole street for some reason. <laughs> They're like, hey, can you go water my ficus? And you're like, yep. Yeah. I, I, I do miss that. I miss having neighbors. But anyway, so so San Marcos, awesome. San Marcos was, was great. Uh, Oklahoma City. Now, when is the last time that you've been to Oklahoma City? How long has it been? Oh, man. It has been... I had dinner there once when I was visiting a friend that lived south of in Norman. That's it. I haven't spent any actual time. It's actually a pretty fascinating city. It's not what I thought it was. Now, the only reason we went to Oklahoma City was just because we had a couple days at the end. We wanted to go somewhere kind of fun, somewhere kind of close nearby. But yeah, but Oklahoma City, James, it was not what I expected or remembered, actually. It was a lot cooler, to be honest. I thought it was weirdly charming, but also just had this really cool kind of city atmosphere. They have a two-line streetcar, like a modern streetcar that runs through the town, which is, I don't know, to me, unexpected. I had no idea such a thing yeah, existed in Oklahoma City. Also, they have their own version of the Riverwalk now. They have a boat tour that you can do. It's a man-made river, but... They were inspired by San Antonio. The whole point is they passed all these neat stimulus packages to make the city appealing to people, not only to live in, but also to visit. And it seems to have been very effective. It seems like they've actually like really and truly gotten some interesting infrastructure built, like entertainment and I don't know, just, just neat places. So we did the Capitol tour, the Oklahoma State Capitol, which is fascinating because it opened up more than a hundred years ago, but they, they were going to have their grand opening right before world war one. And so they never had their grand opening. They never built the rotunda until like 2002 or something like that. And so they're going to be having their grand opening after they finish this like massive renovation sometime like next year. So a hundred plus years later, they're finally going to have their grand opening for their capital, <laughs> even though they've been a state for well over a hundred years now, uh, which is kind of fun actually. They also really honor their Native American heritage. Uh, Oklahoma has a bigger Native American population than any other state in the country. So the, the I don't know, instead of like Lady Liberty at the, the, the top of the rotunda, they have a statue called the Guardian, which was sculpted by a state representative who's full-blood Chickasaw, I believe. And out back, they have a plaza where they have the flags of all of the tribes who have their headquarters, which is 30 something tribes have their headquarters in Oklahoma and they fly all the flags there. So they really are working at, and of course there's all sorts of political problems and all sorts of issues and stuff like that. 
in the U.S., especially when it pertains to the, uh, you know, Indian Affairs Office and all that. However, Oklahoma, I feel, is at least trying to embrace that part of its history, which is uh, important. Yeah, that is really cool. And for those of you that aren't in the United States, Oklahoma, as of just a few couple years ago, I think, is now more Native American land than it is federal land. Right. Some like 50% of the land has been handed over to the Native American tribes for management. That is true. We were at certain parts where instead of having a patch that said like state police or even city police, it was like tribal police, which was cool to see. I mean, that that mm-hmm. is new since the last time I had been to Oklahoma. Them giving the land, most of the land of Oklahoma now back yeah. to the, it's over 50%. Back to the tribes is is great. It's probably it's one of the biggest steps forward that a state has had with their um, native population, probably ever. Probably like the only step <laughs> forward, honestly, given our history. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's messed up. It's 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 rough, but yeah, you no, know, that's that's really cool. And they were very honest when we did the capital tour. They were very honest about the way that the state and the federal government have treated the native population. Like the guy giving the tour, you know, it was, nothing was sugarcoated. Nothing was whitewashed. They were very direct about the, the real history of it, which I thought was refreshing and very positive. So, so that was cool. Oklahoma City was actually more interesting than I thought it would be. That's kind of, I guess, the lesson here to learn is maybe visit a place that you thought was not very interesting. I've always kind of joked about Oklahoma, you know, which is... Well, definitely wrong of me. People live there. It's their home. People live there for a reason. A lot of people love it. Uh, I'm from Texas. We have kind of a joking big brother rivalry with Oklahoma. But Oklahoma City was cooler than I thought it was going to be. The boat ride was awesome. The Capitol tour was incredible. The memorial is always worth visiting. But then on the way home, we stopped at the Chickasaw Cultural Center, the tribal cultural center of the Chickasaw Nation, which was beautiful. I don't know if you have been there. It's just past the, the border not far from like the Windstar Casino. Mm-hmm. I have. I have been there. It's super cool. I think that a lot of times discrimination, racism comes from misunderstanding. And by doing cultural outreach, it can go a long way. It's kind of it's kind of cultural diplomacy. We arrived just in time to watch the stomp dance. Super cool. And I actually do have a short, short, couple second long video, but I can put that on the website as well. And if you do get the chance mm-hmm. to visit their listeners up at the Chickasaw Cultural Center, go to their museum. It's beautiful. It's incredible. Um, learn all about the history, the culture, the people, every aspect of the Chickasaw Nation, which is, I think, very, very important. I, you know, Oklahoma, I, I take back some of the mm-hmm. jokes that I've made. It's no. Did you know that their state vegetable is the watermelon? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That is a true fact. Oh, boy. Yeah. Anyway. Oklahoma, come on. Do they know? Has someone told know. them? I don't know. <laughs> Is the watermelon a vegetable and I'm stupid? No, it's not. No, no. You you understand okay, the situation properly. I got scared for a second. <laughs> it's not like a tomato situation. I was like, am I, am I just dumb? <laughs> I love watermelon. I love it. But it's not a vegetable. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> yeah, well, on that note, I will say everything else in, in America was great. Oklahoma was great. Oklahoma City, a lot of fun. The real lesson, like I said, visit a place that maybe you wouldn't 
normally want to. You know, visit a state or a local place that you think might be boring and really give it a give it a genuine chance. Yeah. I'm I'm bad about that. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard because if you're planning a vacation, are you where are you going to go? Are you going to go to like I don't know, Utah or are you going to go to Nebraska? You know, where would you rather go? Probably Utah. Yeah, you know, but there's a lot of people love Nebraska. Don't know why. Well, maybe you need to visit and find out why. But, you know, <laughs> maybe I need to give it another shot. Yeah, I think that's a good lesson all of us can learn from this. Anyway, well, James, that's my that's my story. My lesson here, again, is just have an open mind when you're traveling. Go to places like Oklahoma or, like, check out your own city's tourism board because mm-hmm. even even, like, Arlington had that Pioneer Trail, which I didn't know about. A self-guided historical tour. It was a lot of fun. I, w- I would recommend that if you have half a day and... The only reason I know about Village Creek is I'm an archaeologist and one of my great grandfathers, great, 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 great grandfather mm-hmm. was the only white man to die in the Battle of Village Creek. Really? No kidding. Yeah, he was the only oh, white man. man to die. Wow. Oh, man, your family's been in this area, in our area a long time. I didn't realize that. That's super yeah, his, cool. It was Colonel Denton. Really? You're descended from Colonel Denton. No kidding. I am. He was a slave owning piece of shit. But, well. you know, <laughs> and he was the only white man killed in the Battle of Village Creek. <laughs> wow. I'm pretty sure he got like drugged from his horse and beat to death. But, you know, just a fun family fact. I remember my dad telling me about that. I was like, huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like neat, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. It's hard to feel any kind of emotional connection to people that lived that long ago, even if you're descended. There from isn't. Them. Like, I yeah, mean, he's my relative. But yeah. 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 My. My grandmother's maiden name was, she was a Denton. Was she? Interesting. That's really cool. Village Creek is neat. It was neat. It, and it's actually beautiful. Like the park itself is, it's a gorgeous park. I've never been to the park. It, it's very, very pretty. At Lake Lake Arlington Golf Course, Village Creek runs through it. And there's like a sign there that like explains what the Battle of Village Creek was. Neat. Well, yeah, check it out. If If anyone happens to live in the North Texas area, it's worth half a day. All right, James, it's time for our favorite segment, Adventures in the News. James, this week it's your turn. What have you got for us today? I have an interesting one. The title is A Country That Doesn't Exist. The Twilight Zone of Transnistria, a breakaway ex-Soviet region that issues its own passports, its own money, Mm. and Mm. is not recognized by any other national power. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Unrecognized by the international community, Transnistria, a.k.a. the Pridnestrovian Moldavian Republic, is hmm. a Rhode Island-sized breakaway enclave from Moldova that borders Ukraine. It's ethnically Russian and is enthusiastically Soviet. Wow. Fascinating. <laughs> Circa 1957, full of linen statues and propaganda posters. <laughs> That's bizarre. Can you visit it? Like, yep. is it? Is it like... You can. Is it is it safe to visit? Or is, is it like North Korea where like it's actually safe to visit? Or is it like Syria where you probably shouldn't? <laughs> Somewhere in between the two. Okay. They were told like, don't take photos when you cross the border. Don't let people know you're a journalist. Like that sort of mm. thing. They're very North right. Korea-esque. Right. Um, if they print their own money and issue their own passports. They're not accepted anywhere outside of their border. There's mm. very limited internet. 
very few places accept credit cards and they have ATMs, but they're who knows what they're connected to. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they this the this guy called it a state-sized retro communist theme park. <laughs> that is so bizarre. I can't imagine that. I wonder what life is like there. I I would like to visit that. Yeah. They were told <laughs> so plenty crazy. of things not to do in Transnistria. There's a newly launched tour with Intrepid Travel, which offered unique access to explore the country, albeit some cautions. They were warned against taking photos of people, buildings, signs, bridges, vehicles, pretty much anything besides food, the hotel. <laughs> they were not to disobey instructions or take notes that might imply they were journalists. Very, very North Korea-esque. But outside of their capital city of Tiraspol, a World War-era T-34 tank with Russian script on it for the motherland painted on its turret hmm. with approval of their trip leader. I climbed on top for a photo, which I later showed to a local woman who then said, Oh, you can get arrested for that. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> they toured a fortress um, where the tour guide talked about her homeland and her words. We just want people to think that our country is a nice place, not with tanks and soldiers on every corner. It's their chief exports are cognac and caviar. Really? Interesting. I would love to try some Transnistrian cognac. They received excellent treatment at the Aquatier Sturgeon Farm, which is an impressively large, ultra-modern facility producing five mm. tons of caviar per year. <laughs> wow. And then for a nightcap after this, their tour group let loose with cognac-infused disco bowling. <laughs> that sounds like weirdly Russian, but also mm -hmm. surprisingly fun at the same time. It is very Russian, and it is like some of these pictures. I'll send you the link. Yeah, please like do. Big walls of you know Soviet generals and those big Eastern Bloc apartments and uh -huh. very gray. Uniform very everything's gray and uniform. Yeah, it's really it's a it's a really interesting read. I would check it out. I, I'm the type of guy that if I had the opportunity to go to North Korea, I I might. I want to see these places that no one else sees. I want to have these kind of experiences that other people don't have. Huh? Well, it actually looks kind of beautiful. I, I might give it a chance if I'm ever in like, I don't know, mm -hmm. Moldova or Ukraine or wherever it said it was. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah. And it seems that they just sort of let it exist because it doesn't actually hurt anything. It's not Ukrainian. It's not Russian. It's very Soviet. I never knew that was there. Never heard of that. That is so cool. I had neither until I saw that. And I was like, a country that doesn't exist. I thought it was going to be sea land. Yeah, right. Or some of those other, other micro nations that pop up now and then. But uh -huh. Would you go? Would you do that? Yeah, I'd go. I would take the tour of like, Pyongyang if I could. Americans are allowed to go. It's not like Iran where you're not allowed. <laughs> yeah. I want to know how it lines up with what I'm picturing. Right. And I understand that the, the only parts they show you are very carefully manicured. You've been to a North Korean restaurant. I have been. Pyongyang restaurant. It was bizarre, but really good. They have very good <laughs> white kimchi, blood sausage, um, interesting food. I'll, I'll put some pictures of that on, on our website as well. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so that there's my adventures in the news. I just That's thought it was really cool. neat. Yeah, I, I would go there. If, if any of our listeners have been to either North Korea or Transnistria or anywhere else, like that, let us know right in hello at attemptedventure.com. We would love to hear from, from you about that. Cause that's a fascinating experience that most people probably 
well, most people definitely would never have. So let us know. I, I want to hear that. I want to hear those stories too. Well, as always, you can find us on our website, attemptedventure.com. You can email us, hello at attemptedventure.com. Find us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram at attemptedventure. Just want to thank everybody again for listening. We, we really do appreciate it. We enjoy being here, enjoy talking with you guys, and we're happy to be back. Absolutely, we are. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Until next time, keep adventuring. Um, oh, hang on. It's the uh, it's temperature check time. Will you give me 30 seconds while I check my temperature? I have to report this by 9 yeah, o'clock. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Just a second. Mm. Anyway, why don't you uh, talk about something while I do this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I guess we'll go back to San Marcos. And just, I can't recommend Hill Country enough. It's it's so beautiful. It's so much fun. The culture is so cool. People are friendly. So, you know, just if you're in Texas, definitely check it out. Don't miss Hill Country. Austin's a lot of fun if you like drinking and music and food. San Marcos is is a more chill version of that for the most part. I, I imagine San Marcos is what Austin used to be like before. There's the whole thing in Austin to keep Austin weird, but Austin hasn't been weird since like the 70s. It's very much a business town and yeah, there's the college there and there's some weirdos still, but San Marcos <laughs> seems to, to embody more of that sort of mindset and culture. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's funky. It's got all sorts of like breweries. Now I, I didn't get the chance to visit the breweries. I just didn't have the time this time. I'm going to have to go back and, and see them again. There's so many that I wanted to go to and I just simply didn't get the chance.